0: a happy Sabbath day to you. I find it a pleasure this morning to stand up here and to say happy Sabbath to you. (laughs) I don't have to wait till I get outside. I can do it right here this morning. And uh, for those watching online, a very happy Sabbath day to you too. I just want to tell you your time to return to this church is limited. You have to see that you get yourself here. I pray that God will fill us this morning, our hearts, with his wonderful, amazing love. And then I always ask God to fill all the emptiness that I find within myself with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I've titled our message for this morning. I don't see it on screen or what. But I've titled our message for this morning, Our Greatest Need as a Member of This Bible Church, as a congregation, as a movement, I will reflect as I go along, and then God's greatest want for us, for you, and for me. Twofold message Our greatest need as an individual, member of this church, congregation, as a conference, as a world church, and then God's want for us, His people, in the last days. Before I continue with God's message, I would just like to do a prayer. Father in heaven, you are God. We were created and made by you. And we want to reflect that love to one another this morning that you have placed within our hearts. So I stand humbly before you this morning and I ask that you would give me the courage that you would touch my lips that will touch my vocal cords, that I will stay calm, but say what you would like me to say as I address the congregation of Bible this morning. And when we leave this place, may we truly say it was worth being in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Just before I start with what I have prepared for you, I just want to say to Elder Graham, you said this morning After so many years, you stood up behind the table to deliver a Sabbath school message. I stood here many, many years ago. If I go back, it could be in 2018 somewhere there, 2019. I can't even recall anymore. So the nerves get you. It puts you on edge. But the moment you are here and God gives you the power, God gives you the strength, all that seems to vanish. And I want to speak for God this morning. There are two types of sermons, beloved, that I want to share with you. One sermon, I call them special messages from God. That is the day when you sat here and you listened to a message and you, term, you determined within your heart, God is speaking to me this morning. I'm going to get up for God. I'm going to give my heart to God. That is a day and a message that you will never forget in your life. Then we also have messages for the end time. If you and I still believe that Jesus is coming again, would you say amen if you believe it? Then we need to preach end time messages. We need to prepare a people for God. We need to get our people ready for God. It doesn't help us to sit in this church for 30, 25 years. It doesn't help us to say, I've been here all the time. I've served in this capacity or in that capacity. It's, it's, it's of no value to you, beloved. What I'm trying to say to you, you have to take this message this morning with a spoon, and you have to fit yourself into this message this morning. I have to fit myself. This may be my last chance for serving God in this capacity, but I want to do it the way God wants me to do it. So, yeah, the time for God's people have become shorter Time is running away. Sometime back, a brother related to me and he said, Brother Crouch, you and I, we are living not anymore in the foot and the clay time that Daniel prescribed. You remember the feet, the image? And it says that the clay and the iron could not connect together. And then a stone that was cut out came down and crushed the feet. The brother says, Brother Kraut, when we look at time, we find that we are not living in the feet of iron and of clay anymore, but we are actually living in the toenail period of time. That is powerful. Do you know when you look at the time when Noah preached? Noah preached, right? I'm not going to tell you how long he preached, but only eight people were saved. If you look at our scripture reading this morning, you will find... This group of people were Seventh-day Adventists. They went to church at the same church. They all accepted the invitation. They all served God on the Sabbath. They all were invited to go to the marriage ceremony of God. They all had the Holy Spirit in their lives. They all were invited to go. They find themselves on the... ...carry them through into eternity. They were told to go back... ...carry them through into eternity... They were told to go back, go back. Sometimes we like to go back. We like to go back to where I've come from, where I've been. It doesn't matter anymore where you've been. What matters the most this morning is that God got you. God found you. And uh, when they came back, the door was shut. They knocked and the voice said to them, go. Go! Oh, it's harsh. Go! I've never, ever known you. These are a serious message that I proclaim this morning unto you and unto myself. I want to go to heaven one day, beloved. I want to be served, to be saved. I want to be with Jesus. But I cannot look at anybody. I need to look at what my need is in life. So I'm going to share with us and you pick up what your need is. I just have to drink a little water, please. Thank you. Elder Desai, thank you. When we go to the book of of Luke, we are told that when we see these things, Happening in our life. We need to look up. Why look up? David says I look up unto the hills from whence cometh my health and my strength, my health cometh from the Lord. We are warned that you and I we have to look up for the, our redemption is drawing closer and closer and closer and nearer and nearer. Beloved the coming of Jesus Christ is closer today when you first believe Do you say amen? You need to get into the picture, beloved. The coming of Jesus today is closer than what it has been yesterday. Amen? For every predicted sign recorded in the Bible has been fulfilled, just as Jesus has declared it. You know, it's easy for somebody to say things to you. Sometimes you doubt. Sometimes you accept sometimes you react, but if Jesus is saying some things, it must register. And when Jesus sat with his disciples, he told them exactly what is going to transpire in the last day to this beautiful world and its people prior to its coming. Are you noticing what's happening in this world today, this once beautiful world? Are you seeing things that scares you. You know, my wife showed me just last Sabbath, the preacher was preaching in Johannesburg in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Six gunmen rushed into the church with guns, told the preacher to sit down, took the tithe and the offering, took the cell phones, took the jewelry for those who had jewelry, robbed them of everything. But I praise God, not one life was touch. It's a warning. It's a wake-up call. We sit here, we don't know what's going to happen next. So I'm saying to you, according to Jesus Christ, every sign that was predicted has been fulfilled, except one. Even earth is responding, trying to get our attention. You know the nations, the leaders of nations, are gathering together. They are dumbfounded when they look at what is happening to this world and its people. There are fires such as never been. Everywhere around the world, if you happen to watch the news, you will see every country in the world. It doesn't matter where or what. Fires just start by itself, destroys whatever is ahead of them. It robs people of their lives. All their possessions that they have gathered together through their lifetime are destroyed it's gone, it's taken away from them, fires. It hardly rained, then there's a flood. Have you noticed that? It rained in Durban, KwaZulu, Natal. We were all shocked. One of the biggest floods in South Africa that was ever here. People are still struggling back there, still struggling out there. Lives destroyed, Properties destroyed, properties are ripped off its foundations. And are taken down the streams of rushing water. People are left homeless, loss of life, everything accumulated, lost in an instant. What about hurricanes, tornadoes, volcano eruptions, tsunamis? If you go to the book of Matthew 24 you will find all these signs just as Jesus has said it would be, is there for us to see today. You know when I was young I didn't understand. I didn't have the concept of these things. We couldn't see the signs. But as we grow older, as I become older, I can see with my own physical eyes. Yeah, I know now what the flood is. I know what a tornado can do to this world and its people. What about wars and rumors of wars? Shame. People in Ukraine, do you know how many Seventh-day Adventists are living in Ukraine? I can't tell you how many, but there are thousands. There are so many churches Seventh-day Adventist churches in Ukraine and right at this moment they are being shot and demolished and whatever Russia finds that they can do there the people are without drinking water the people are without electricity they are without gas struggling for survival bible said there will be wars and rumors of war what about Palestine and Israel people have been fighting there for for many decades Saudi Arabia, Yemen. I I don't want to call all the countries to you, even in the continent of Africa, Ghana, and these places. People are fighting one another. This world is definitely not what it used to be anymore. What about COVID-19? COVID-19 has claimed so many lives, and it still does. Millions of people died, young and old, whether black or white, male or female. This virus, I will tell you, beloved, has no respect of person. I walked in and I saw Darren still sitting with his master, and I thank you, brother, it's your life. You know, the people say, I say this very humbly, these lives matter. I say, my life matter, your life matter. You're gonna take charge of your life. You're gonna make choices for yourself. Don't choose for somebody else. Choose for yourself today. Do what you feel is right for you. Do it for you today. I want to go back to Luke 21 and uh, verse 25 and 26 to read you a passage of scripture from the Word of God. Luke chapter 25. I think that is what I read, Uh, Luke 25. I'm sorry, Luke 21. Verses 25, thank you. I'll speak loud so that you can stay awake. (laughs) You know what? Seeing the, the floods, the fires, the poverty of people, when I pray, I say, Lord, even be with the hopeless. You know, people have given up on hope. Have you ever spoken to somebody that sleeps under the plastic along the road and that? That man went out that morning, not the very morning, living under the plastic, but he went out one morning, kissed his wife goodbye. He's going to look for a job. He walked every passage. He walked every street, every building he approached, looking for a job. Couldn't find the job. You know what he did? Just went to put himself down somewhere on the grass, Lisa, under a tree. Hopeless. Given up given up on life. There are good people living under the plastic today, beloved. You need to chat to them and find out where they've come from. Some were school teachers, some people of business, but they've given up. It's the end time. Luke 21, 25 has this to say, and there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves will roar, men's hearts will fail them for fear for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken and then verse 27 says and then shall they see the son of man amen glory hallelujah jesus then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and with great glory amen it's gonna end sometime But we still have to find out our need. Am I ready to meet Jesus on that day? Am I? Let me refresh your memory according to Scripture of Luke. For those of you that were not pathfinders, but uh, master guides, I should actually test you this morning. I want you you to remember May 19, 1780. What transpired on that day? May 19, 1780, it says the sun refused to shine on that day. It was a day of total darkness in the year 1780. It's recorded already. And it says in that very same night, Elder Graham, the moon looked as if it turned into a bowl of blood. This is history for Master Guides. This is history for Seventh-day Adventists because these things have happened. It's recorded in the Bible, in various chapters, various books of the Bible. 1833, November 13, somehow the stars fell from heaven and has been seen across North America, Mexico, all those places. It says there was never a splendor such as it was on that day. What am I trying to tell you? These things are happening. These things have happened in the 1700s, in the 1800s. And we profess that Jesus is coming. We tell people Jesus is coming. When I walked into the church in Kensington, they told me Jesus is coming. I'm here for a long time and Jesus has not yet come. But he's going to come. Now, before Jesus comes, I want you to take note of this. There's only going to be two groups of people alive before Jesus comes, two groups will be in the grave. Amen? Are you with me? Two groups in the grave. Two groups living. The one group at the coming of Jesus Christ, Isaiah 25 has this to say. Listen. One of the groups will respond by saying, and it shall be said in that day, the day when Jesus comes, Lo, this is our God, for we have waited for Him, and He will save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for Him. We will be glad and we will rejoice after all the hardships, after all the struggles, after all, what do we say? Uh, The challenges that we face every day. We say there seems to be a challenge in our way every day. After we overcome all this, Look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. And one day when you look up towards heaven, you will see that cloud, the size of a man's fist, and it will grow bigger and brighter. And if you are amongst the people that have prepared yourself for Jesus Christ, you will call call out on that day. You will call out, this is my God. I have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice. Now, you know what, folk? I'm going to bring this in here because I think it's very important. There are some people in the Seventh day Adventist Church, I say this very humbly, that say there is nothing that you and I have to do. The price has been paid for us already. Do you believe it? Do you think Jesus is lulling us to sleep? And on that day, he's just going to wake us up. We have a need, and God has a want. We have a need, and God has a want. I tell you this very humbly beloved. Heaven is not only for seven-day Adventists. Heaven is not only for seven-day Adventists, but whosoever doeth the will of the Father will be saved. The second group will respond in Revelation 6, verse 15. Let me just read it to you from the word of God. It's not my word that I'm saying, but I want to read it to you. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 15 to 17. It says, chapter 6 verses, there we are. Lisa, when I get excited, you know, it says, and the kings of the earth, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every freeman, note, will hide themselves in the tents and in the rocks of the mountains, and they will call out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, fall on us, and cover us, hide us from the face of the one who are seated on the throne, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who will be able to stand you have to make your choice today, beloved. You have to be sure with what you do and what you say and what you ask when it comes to God. All the people with wealth and everything, brother Calvin has mentioned, it says kings and rulers and everything. And, and, and I would like to add women also, nah? <laughs> It says all the men, but when Jesus comes on that day, it will be too late. You have a choice today in which group you would like to be at the coming of Christ Jesus. Will you go out and stand and raise your hand towards heaven and say, he's coming low, he's coming for me? Or would you say, table mountain, cover me from the face of the one that sits on the throne. It doesn't matter what you possess in life. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter that you know it all. That day will decide your future. That day. But there will be nothing that you can do to it. It will be finished and clear. I thank God today that the probation door has not been shut yet. We very seldom speak to our young people about probation and all these things. Am I right in saying, young people, if you believe it, say amen. I know. I've sat here in this church Sabbath after Sabbath, and I never hear these things are being taught to you. You need to know it. There's going to be a time when God is going to shut his ears and he's not going to listen to your cry. You need to know it if you're young. I need to know it if I'm older and if I'm a senior. Uh, That day is very, very close. I have to make my choice. I have to decide today that my life matters. I have to decide that I want to be in the group that will raise my hand towards heaven. Today is the day to surrender our all to him, to make our call and election show. I want to confirm with you today and say to you, Jesus loves you and he doesn't want anyone to perish, right? Otherwise, his sacrifice would have been in vain. Christ loves us, beloved. You know what I like about the Lord? He says that whosoever, that whosoever, as for his kingdom, if you just decide you want to be there, whosoever, people out there, my wife and I, we had the privilege now to go through the song book where all these hymns that we sing in church have been written by people under inspiration of God. Many of those people were Methodists. Many of that people belonged to Anglican churches. Many of those men that wrote these wonderful songs that we sing here that has become a part of your life has been written by men and women of other denominations. God is no respecter of person. If you avail yourself and you are available, God will place within your heart what God wants you to have to save you. Now, this, this text that I'm going to read you, you have to underline it in your Bible today. It's Matthew 24, verse 22. At 12 o'clock, give me 10 minutes, please. My vrouw het van hierdie ding gegies, het sê, die vat die ding saam met jou. <laughs> sometimes we speak but we have to fulfill the commission that God has given, right? Matthew 24 and it has this to say the days in which we find ourselves to be except these days should be shortened it's a wake up call here. it says there will be no flesh saved. Jesus is sensing, unless I cut time short in righteousness, who is going to be ready to meet me? No wonder he calls out and he says, will I find faith when I come back to this world? COVID has separated many people from Jesus Christ, not from Jesus, but from the church where Jesus says, forsake not yourself the assembling Of your brothers and your sisters in Christ Jesus. Come to church and receive strength and courage for the future. But Jesus is saying. I need to cut the days short. Otherwise who will be saved. Now beloved. Here comes grace the unmerited favor of God. In that text. But for the elect's sake. But for the elect's sake. Those days will be shortened. Do you find yourself at the end of the year already? Have you done what you have planned at the beginning of the year and not ever done? Every day still has got 12 hours, and a night 12 hours, 24 hours a day. Every week still has 7 days, right? Every month still the same, 365 a year. But have you noticed how swiftly, how quickly a year goes by? No wonder people used to say time fly. Huh? God is cutting time short in righteousness to save you, to save me before something else come in our way that will draw our attention away from God. You know, we say we love God. I better not say it. I better not say it. If not, if you're not ready on that day, it's your own responsibility. God has done it all. This message of the coming of Christ has been preached decades ago. From 1843, if I'm I'm right, 1843 up to 1844, they waited for the Lord to come on that particular day, October 22, but God did not come. If you calculate time, from that day, 1844 to our day, it's 178 years that we are proclaiming that Jesus is coming and Jesus did not come as yet. A longer period of time that God gave to Noah and only eight were saved at Noah's time. They All the others, they perished. God gave us 178 years of grace and mercy to still. I thank God that God didn't come yet in 1844. None of us would have been here this morning. You would not even have known it. But God's prolonging is coming, still to get one way in. What does the Bible teach? The Bible says that there's rejoicing in heaven when one steps in for Jesus Christ. Our greatest need today, beloved, is the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit on the Latter-day Church of God. You can never fulfill the commission to go into all the world. That is Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus says, if this commission is fulfilled, what does it say? Then the end will come. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every kindred, nation, tongue and people. And the end will come, will come. It hasn't come for 178 years. Jesus is merciful. He says you lack something and you don't know it. If I don't pour out my spirit on you, you are unable to complete the work. And they counsel us. They say pray for it. Ask for it. Get together in small groups, search your hearts, beg for mercy, beg for forgiveness, stop being rude to one another, be kind, be courteous, be forbearing, be gentle, say I'm sorry. It's not always easy to say I'm sorry, but like the disciples of old, they went into the upper room for 10 days. Why 10 days? They were men who worked with God. They worked with God every day, with Jesus Christ. But they had to seclude themselves into a little room and say to one another, Brother Elder, I'm sorry, man. Rolly, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness. Pray together. Ask the Lord. My next text of Scripture is 1 Samuel 10, verse 6. This is a beautiful text. I've accepted this text many years ago. And it says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy, and will be changed into another man. You will be changed when the Spirit of God comes into your life, into another person. Acts 1 verse 8 says, When the Spirit is poured out upon you, you will receive power, so much power, like the disciples of old that they could convince, convicted, preach the Word of God, and 3,000 people a day, gave their hearts to the Lord. When last did you speak to your neighbor? You know, the world has suddenly become big. We don't want to do neighbors. You know, I went to my neighbor that moved in next to me, and I introduced myself to her, and I said to her, I would like to welcome you to the neighborhood. And she looked at me, and she said, Ja, baie dankie. Ek word, a seven-day Adventist. Sorry for those of you that don't understand Afrikaans, but she says very directly, You were 7 day Adventist. I promise you we won't play music Friday night and Saturday through the day. I said, if you're going to do that, I'll respect you, not play music for you on the Sunday. And, and sometimes we're scared. We don't want to break friendship. Huh? We don't want to sever ties with people that we love. We find it difficult, and this is the need, beloved, because Jesus cannot come until the world, oh the world was warned that He is coming. and we forget it. Jesus is only asking us to sow the seed and not to reap the soul. Brother Calvin, you've done well over the years. really, you've tried. Even with a great controversy here you said, just come and collect books and hand it to people. I respect you for that. Yeah. When the Spirit of God comes on you, it enters your life. It says you will prophesy. There will be no person wiser than you because you will be able, like Brother Matati this morning, just spoke freely to them out of the Word of God. If it doesn't come from the Word of God, don't accept it. I still love the lady next to me. I still love her and I pray for her. Afterwards, I discovered she was married to an Adventist. What kind of life he lived, he passed away. What kind of life he lived, I don't know. I don't know him. But she has hardened her heart when it comes to Adventists. So I'm not going to fight fire with fire. I'm going to say it to her nicely in the morning. Morning, Karen. How are you today, Karen? She said, I'm going live for your woman. When the Spirit comes into your life, you will be changed. Can I go on? Can I go on? I don't have much to say anymore. But there's some vital things. Once we receive the Spirit of God, I want you to accept this as a fact that you won't be able to use the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will use us. Many people believe, al is ek wacht vir die later dan sal ek doen wat die Heere vraag, ek moet sterwe, I must become less, and God's spirit must shine out of my life, for the Holy Spirit is the breath of our souls, Only when we bring our hearts in unity with our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ and our lives into harmony with His work, according to Acts 2 verse 70, it's also written in the book of Joel 2 verse 28, it says, In the last days it shall come to pass, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Isn't this wonderful, beloved? For I will pour out my Spirit in those days and you will prophesy. Christ has promised us the gift, beloved, of His Holy Spirit. And the promise belongs to us. But like any other gift promise, it is given on a condition. What is the condition? Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And this is what God wants. You know you need shortcoming of the Holy Spirit in your life, right? What does God's want? God's want is... He says to you God's want is he says to you go God is saying sometimes when I teach uh, baptismal class I say we don't only observe 10 commandments God says go bring your tithe remember the Sabbath you must be baptized these are commands strong words brother principle in Matthew 28 19 and 20 God is saying and God warns men and women, teaching them to observe whatsoever I commanded you to do, and baptizing them in the name of Jesus, Christ our Lord. I'm going to close. I have to. The sermon is real, beloved. Do you know why I say it's real? Yesterday morning, when I woke up, I couldn't say a word. I stood up with a deep bass voice. I was I was troubled. I was short breath, Lisa. Oh, I was short breath. It's better now. I, I've taken medicine and tablets and everything, and uh, I said to Linda, "I want to preach this message to God's people. I believe it's an end time message. I want to do it for God." So I'm here today, and I've delivered, but I've got a lot to say. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to end now. Why I have accepted to preach this day? When I read the Bible, I discovered that Moses was 80 years of age when he returned and went back to Egypt. God called him. God said, Moses, I want you to go back to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. We are never too old in this church to do something for God still. Sometimes we are being put aside because of age. You're too old. God can use older people too. So may God bless your heart today. May God keep you firm, may God keep you faithful and strong and true though the heavens fall. Look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. Choose today where you would like to be when the trump of God is going to sound on that day. I want to be in heaven. If, it's, if you feel the same like me, say amen to the Lord this morning. God have mercy on your lives. God bless you forever. Amen.